Welcome to the Men of Magic, an interview podcast that gets into the lives of your favorite Magic the Gathering personalities with your hosts, Robert Martin and Chris Otwell. And now, the Men of Magic begins. Hello again, and welcome to the Mana Pool. I am the Chewy, and with me as always is a dork. Although, I guess technically I'm the guest dork getting the interview this time, or something. I, I'm, I'm not entirely sure what's going on. <laughs> Hi, Chewy, it's Robert, Men of Magic. And we are actually interviewing Chewy this week for the Men of Magic, and... What we're going to do is we're going to have a little fun with him. We're going to run through a little history of the Manipool and a little history of himself, talk a little bit about what life is like in North Carolina, a little bit of a little bit of comedy, a little bit of BS, and a whole lot of fun. So let's begin. Hey, you, Mr. I Can't Get On Your Show. <laughs> Sorry. You have to, like... Express interest before I, I'll, I'll, I'll realize that someone's interested. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's go back to where it all began. What made you guys decide to do the map? Well, let's see here. I was uh, working a random crappy job, and the guy who used to work in the position I was in, someone told me, oh. Well, you like comics and stuff. You should listen to James's podcast. I was like, what? They were like, yeah, James, you know, the dude used to work here, the big dude. I'm like, yeah. They're like, yeah, he does a podcast about comic books, wherever that is. I'm like, oh, really? So the next time he stopped in, uh, I asked him about it, and it's uh, the comic book savant. And he actually just started up again. I'm so proud of him. He took like a year and a half off due to personal issues and whatnot. But I started listening to his show, and it was entertaining. It's all about comics and whatnot, and I started bugging him about the technical aspects and whatnot just because I was curious and he just told me everything yeah yeah you do this and I use this great hosting site called Libsyn and oh and I've got a level later that you can make it sound better and I was like this is great cool and then I got to thinking I noticed that my college magic group and I were slowly doing the post-college drift apart damn because that's what happens you know yes and that really sucked because these are my boys, you know. I was I was best man at Corey's wedding. I was uh, a groomsman at uh, Brian's wedding. Just we were all we're all really good friends, and it sucked that we were that we were drifting apart slowly. So I came up with this brilliant thing. I'm like, why don't we do a podcast about something magic? Because it's something all of us have in common. Because we're vastly different people, <laughs> and and it'll be great. And and I can I can handle all the work. And we'll we'll keep everybody together, and it'll be, it'll be a lot of fun. And I contacted uh, Card Shark, who I had been working as an editor for back when people were sending me articles. <sighs> Yay! Yeah, and I said, "Hey, would you guys be interested in sponsoring us?" And they were like, "Sure, whatever that means." I was like, "Essentially, you'd be paying the hosting site, uh, the hosting fee, and every once in a while, you know, we'll ask for prizes or something, and you'll give it to us." And they were like, "Yeah, that's fine, great." And that's pretty much that. It was a desperate attempt to keep us all together, and it has turned into a, well, we just launched the website, and we do this every week, and oh, yeah, it's beautiful. Well, it's it's turned into an interesting phenomenon, to say the least. Yeah, the How? first episode went up in November of 07, which just, wow. <laughs> and you guys still do this and don't want to kill each other. Yeah. That's uh, it originally started off, it was going to be me and whoever I could round up every week. And it has since turned into a set cast of the four of us, me and Mike and Dirk and Brian, and whoever else we managed to get a hold of. So, Like Robert Martin, for example. <laughs> hey, hey. So what? how did you guys, I mean, everybody has a different role on there. How did you guys kind of fit into the roles that you guys were going to play? Uh, well, the first few episodes, we were basically just doing whatever came to mind, and we realized that after a while, this is who each of us are. I'm the ringleader who tries to make sure everyone is somewhat on topic and tries to steer the conversation here and there, and the one who does all the work. <laughs> Brian 
never stops talking. He's our he's our rambler. If you need something spoken about anything, you look at Brian and he will just go until he can't talk anymore or until he has to go watch the baby. Uh, <laughs> Dirk is our Dirk is our like resident casual player. He's the one that makes us remember that it's just a game. And sometimes we, we start to take it too seriously and he's our green guy. He he's there. Well you know, elves, yeah. And then Mike has been playing longer than the rest of us. He's he's the rules guy. He's actually a rules advisor. Is that the term? I think that's right. Before judge, yeah. He's a rules advisor, and he's just massively intelligent. So anything that he can't doesn't know, he can probably figure out just by reading the card. Plus, he's been around for the longest, so he's our lore guy. He can, well, you know, back in ours is whatever. We're like, yeah, none of us were playing back then. Just keep talking. Now, the shows go on for over two plus hours. Is it just because you guys just keep conversating, or what? Yeah. When we first started, we were like, okay, let's keep them right about an hour. And the first time that we ventured a few minutes past an hour, we were like, oh, God. And everybody was like, no, it's great. Go longer. So we stopped caring about the length. But here lately, it's just getting out of control. <laughs> it's because we can't shut up. And so much stuff happens every week that we want to talk about. And people send us emails, and we love it. People, we love getting emails, and people send us emails, and it's just we, – we feel this urge. Like I probably our, our next episode that we record uh, next week is going to have a significant chunk of emails because we like to talk about almost all of them on the show if possible. Because I remember the first time James, who's a friend of mine who I knew personally, mentioned me on a show. I was like, you know, and I want to give that feeling to people. Absolutely. Yeah. So we try to – at least mention every email we get from people, and sometimes it takes a while. Well, it's nice because you actually take the time to read them and give feedback to them, and it seems like everybody wants to give feedback to them, which is really kind of cool. But which we do try. We, we appreciate our listeners, because without them, what the hell is the point? <laughs> is there... Now... Do you guys keep track of how many people are listening, or does that number really matter to you? Or as long as you're getting feedback positive, is that all that really matters? Uh, I use our uh, our downloads and web- website hits and whatnot as a sort of a sort of a yardstick to see what people like and what people don't like. Like we did a series of uh, episodes around Christmas that. Apparently, we're not as popular as others because the number of downloads were drastically lower on those than others. Well, but really, I use it to just gauge popularity, see what people like, what people don't like, that sort of thing. What was the episodes that were involved with this? Oh, it was the uh, the choose your own core or make your own corset or Corset Manipool Edition or whatever we called it. Oh. It probably would have been great as one show. But as a series of five, yeah, we I don't think that was such a great idea. Well, you know, you never can tell with shows if they're going to be successful or not when you record them. Many of times we've gotten done with doing an episode of Manscrewed and we're like, this is not going to be good. And then we sit there and muddle with it and I try to edit it and away we go. So a lot of times the show kind of gives itself a life to it. Now you've been really interesting. You've been bringing a lot of guests on lately. Like uh, Eric seems to be a permanent guest on the show now. Oh. Whenever Eric has uh, time, like when his family goes out of town or something, the first thing it seems like that he does is send me an email. Hey, dude, I'm gonna be free from this day from this day to this day during this week. You think I could be on the show? I'm like, hell yeah, you could be on the show. <laughs> yeah, he's, what what was about what is it about him that makes the show? Because every time you guys do it, except for the one in the car where you can barely hear him, uh, that that was you know another incident for another day. But what works so well with you guys and him? I don't know, but I do know he's been one of our our actual listeners and supporters for a very long time. And something that I've realized being a person that listens to podcasts, if you listen to a podcast with a set group of hosts for long enough, you start to feel like you know them, even though you don't. And I I don't know if this is accurate or not, but I really think that Eric probably knows us pretty well, so he just fits right in. 
and he's awesome. You know, he's he's a whole lot of fun. His Men of Magic interview was actually one of my favorites. Oh, that's good. That I've heard thus far, anyway. Oh, and not just because he was plugging us uh, a good chunk of the time. That that was just gravy. <laughs> well, that's the thing is he Eric tends to speak right from the heart when it comes to stuff, and therefore that's what makes him really fun to have on. And yeah. also, he's the only one that will straight up challenge Conley at anything. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't lay down to Conley like a lot of people do, where they just you know where Conley goes and goes and goes, and then they don't challenge him on it. Uh, Eric will just swing right back at him and say, "Try this, this, and this instead." And it leads to some interesting, interesting shows for sure. Yeah. What has been your favorite episode you can remember off the top of your head? Oh, good lord. <laughs> sure, put uh, you on the spot right away. Come on. Let's see. Well, we just recorded episode 178. That's it? <laughs> That's it? <laughs> Sweet mother of God. We, uh... Really, any of the live episodes where we uh, slap a, a microphone down between us and play some magic, those are a lot of fun, but that might just be because we don't get to play magic very often anymore. I can hear you but, there. And really, the fun ones. Like, we did one about, uh, oh, bugger. We did one, it was about the mechanics and magic and how they work flavorfully. <laughs> it might have been called Mechanical Flavor, actually. It was, uh, you know what, I'm going to look it up. It was... Just so much fun. Yes, it was episode 111 from January of 2010. Here we go. And we talked about how the various mechanics of magic would work, like I said, from a flavor perspective in the quote-unquote real world. And, oh, it was a blast. <laughs> because it was us being goofy. And that's what we do, because we're – we don't do the – well, we, we do do news, but that's primarily to give our spin on it as the casual crowd. And we don't uh, – we don't talk about tournaments very often unless something just ridiculous happens. Or like you and end so, up going to a tournament. Or if we end, yeah. Like uh, on a couple episodes ago, Brian and Mike talked about going to the Star City Games Open in Charlotte. But other than those few times, you know, we don't really pay attention to that sort of thing. We're more interested in all the fun you can have with magic. And just if you just look at some of our episodes, it's... It's crap no one would actually want to listen to if they were looking to get any better at the game. <laughs> like, just a few episodes ago, we did an episode on, on the heroes of magic, some of the good guys in, in the storylines and whatnot. You know, and who cares? Well, we do, because it's great. It's magic. It's fun. Now, you have, I would guess, I would guess I'd like to say direct competition for the, quote, casual market of magic with Avant Karch. Oh, those guys suck. <laughs> uh, Christian was actually one of our listeners back in the day. I don't know if he still listens to us or not, but uh, but I think we s- either sort of or completely inspired him to do his own show, and he went out and got a girl yes. and completely trumped us there. But we have a, a friendly... It's not even a friendly rivalry, although we try to play it off like that. You know, I've been on their show a few times... Uh, Claire was on our show once. Brian and Christian have been on our show a few times. They're, they're a bunch of fun. And, you know, I think between the eight of us or seven of us or however many people are on each show, there's a good three brains total between us. So, maybe four, maybe five, depending on how much Christian's had to drink. The more he drinks, the smarter he is. (laughs) Oh, man. So tell me. Tell me, those guys. Yeah, tell me a little bit about the whole, see, what really got me oh, Lord. involved with both shows so much was the, inc- the incident for playing for the bra, Magic Card Bra. And the Magic Card Bikini Challenge. The Magic Card Bikini Challenge, yes. How did that all come together? Now, I know listening to the shows, I know the background about it, but a lot of people that are listening don't. So why don't you tell them a little bit about how this all came together? I don't remember the genesis of it exactly. I do remember, I think it was Claire's idea, that at least I think it was, that they should challenge me to something. 
and they came up with we should challenge them to a cute card challenge where you could only play with cards that had art that was cute because it was clear. Yes. <laughs> and we said fine, and I got my cute expert who was uh, – well, at the time she was Mike's girlfriend, Kat. I, I, I went through – so many cards, a color at a time, and wrote down every card that I thought might be cute, and I brought Cat over, and I said, okay, and she was good enough to go through all these cards with me and point out which ones were and were not cute, and I built a deck. And then, turns out Claire cheated. She had Brian and, uh, Brian and Aaron, I think? Brian and Jeff? I can't remember. This was a long time ago. But she had two of the other guys on the show build her deck for her, and then she went through and said, yeah, these are all cute, okay. Like, Armadillo Cloak was in the deck. That's not cute. Good lord. <laughs> but we played it out on Magic Workstation. It was Claire and Jeff, who were both on Avant Card Show at the time, during what they're calling Season 1, and me and my Brian, as opposed to their Brian. And we sat here on Magic Workstation and fought it out, and I ended up victorious somehow. <laughs> even, though, so, even though they had tipped the scales against you. A little bit, yeah. But it, it turned out... Uh, well, we had talked about stakes ahead of time, and I, they were like, okay, well, how about uh, Claire in a bikini made out of magic cards? We'll send you a picture. I was like, sweet. She's like, and if you if you lose, then I get to come on your show and gloat. <laughs> like, okay, so either I get a picture of Claire in a bikini made out of magic cards, or I get Claire on our show. Yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> How are you losing on this deal? Exactly. So I won, so I got the picture of Claire in the bikini, and later Claire came on the show. <laughs> okay. But she, she swore me to secrecy. I could not show the picture to anyone except my co-hosts, and so my co-hosts all saw it, and then like her co-hosts didn't even get to see it other than Jeff, her boyfriend, who took the picture. You know, yes. Brian still bugs me about it to this day. Every once in a while, he'll be like, so how about that picture? No. So you were sworn to secrecy, huh? There's no way of getting that out of your hands, huh? Nope. I am a man of my word, if nothing else. Like, if I if I had you, like, face-to-face, I could, like, put it on my phone and be like, see? And then and then that's it. But <laughs> no sending it to you or anything like that, because it'll get out and this and that and the other. Ugh. That was so funny when you did that challenge. I was just like, oh, we, you are really asking for it now. And it it just seemed to evolve into this hilarious thing that you guys were going at. And it was going back and forth on each show. And, you know, you would talk about it. And they would talk about it. And it just, it, it was quite hilarious. I, I was really enjoying that and digging that. And it made I it enjoy made, having uh, a nemesis podcast. <laughs> yes, but now the problem is, who is your nemesis now? Uh, as far as I know, we don't have one, although, yeah, because Avant Card Show sort of, well, at least on the air, they have stopped uh, torturing us so much. I still try to get in a dig every once in a while, but it's just not the same anymore. No? Oh. <laughs> uh, now, what is, now you guys have been doing this forever, like you said earlier. Oh, yeah. Three and a half years now. What has been the key to your success? Are we successful? You have, <laughs> we have a sponsor. Success? You have a sponsor. Oh, that I was working for them anyway. That doesn't count. <laughs> you, have, you have loyal listeners. Okay, that that is a success. And as Mike just got done telling, uh, we just recorded an episode with uh, Adam Staborski, who was our first like big name guest host we've ever had, discounting, I guess Tom and Eric. Like all of our guest hosts we've ever had before, either our listeners or our other podcasters. And as far as other podcasters, you know, it doesn't get much bigger than. Tom and Eric. No. That but, yeah. But as far as outside of the magic podcasting world, we've never had a big guest. And Adam Staborski was like, sure, I'll be on your show. I was like, what? And, uh, and yeah, but Mike, after we got done recording, we were all on the call still, you know, shooting the breeze. And Mike goes, I am still amazed that, you know, more than three people listen to us. <laughs> I, I don't understand. What, what you provide is something completely different. I mean, how many of our podcasts out there tell you the same kind of it's competitive strategy, it's this, it's that, it's another thing? 
And you guys provide something different, something funny, something that people can relate to. Yeah, we realized a long time ago that we were we were not content, we were entertainment. It's sort of like the difference between watching the Yankees and watching the WWE. You know, <laughs> if uh, if you want real information, go what go listen to any of any other other number of podcasts. But if you want to be entertained and quite possibly die, we've had lots of listeners email us saying, "Oh my God, I almost choked to death because I started laughing while I was drinking." <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, Morning. That's- what you got to realize is that that's the sign of something successful is when people just enjoy it to a point that even they can't even control what they're doing. Yeah, which is something that, that anytime, every email we get is like, oh, my God, you guys are hilarious. It, it, my head will barely fit through my front door now. <laughs> and it, uh, I don't know, it, it I heard a, a stand-up comedian say once that in order to be a stand-up comedian, you have to be terribly insecure and yet horribly egotistical. <laughs> and I think that's true to a much lesser extent about the insecurity anyway to a, to a podcaster. Because well, my ego, I'm not even going to lie, my ego is huge. And whenever anyone strokes it a little bit, it's like, yay! <laughs> Well, I have to tell and my you. My ego is huge, and I have no reason for a huge ego. I mean, I barely even play magic. I don't even play magic that well. Although, you know, I think I'm pretty good. I, I don't go anywhere and get any sort of recognition in any way. So my ego is just huge because I guess it's natural that way. I don't know. <laughs> well, speaking of having your ego be huge, you also do comedy. You also do stand up. How did you get to that? Uh, I'm not entirely. Sure. I no, I can't remember what caused me to start that, but it's just uh, it's just uh, amateur night, you know, open mic night at uh, a comedy club in Greensboro called the Comedy Zone. And I don't know. I just decided to write out some material and see what would happen because it's it was five bucks to get in. You had to have five people with you, so I rounded up five people. And went and got my four minutes in, and it was terrible. Oh, God, watching it now, I'm like, wow, that wasn't funny at all. <laughs> and so I refined some of my stuff and went back, and I've I've been several times. As a matter of fact, I'm going uh, this Thursday night. But I don't know. It's just I, I've always enjoyed stand-up comedy. I've, I used to watch Bill Cosby himself when I was a kid. You remember that? Oh, yeah. It's like an hour and a half long stand-up show with him in that horrible brown suit. Sitting in the chair. Sitting in the chair, talking about chocolate cake for breakfast. How <laughs> ridiculous. And it's it's just always been something that I love. I uh, like Especially the more horrible a comedian is, the better I like them. Like Louis Black, George Carlin, Louis C.K. Oh, God, they're brilliant. But even the not horrible people, like the, the blue-collar guys, are all funny. Chris Rock is hilarious. Richard Pryor was a, a genius. You know, that sort of thing. Comedians have always been able to... They're like the court jesters of the modern age. They've been, always been able to tell the truth and get away with it. And I love that. <laughs> so what is your stick about? Uh, mostly it's about whatever I can come up with that will be funny and fit in four minutes. Like, I have a, a bit about hating spiders, and I really do. I have a bit about my name, Chewy, and how people always confuse me. Julie? Yes, Julie. Thank you. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've gotten that. Hi, Chewy. Julie? Do I look like a Julie? It's the beard, isn't it? Um, you know, really, anything that comes to mind. I have a bit about being creepy because <laughs> I'm, I'm a creepy bastard. I'm not even going to lie. So you're, not, so you're all stalking people at night is what you're trying to tell me? No, not that kind of creepy. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Like, more like, creepy. more like women would look at me and go, man, he's creepy. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> uh, now, you used to used to be employed, and now you're currently unemployed, correct? Unfortunately. So, you show here going to school for for physics and astronomy. What were you trying to do after you get to Kukrita? Are you Facebook stalking me? Absolutely, I am. Fair enough. 
Uh, really, I'm not one for plans. <laughs> I'm not even going to lie. I had a degree, I had a scholarship that was for computer science and physics. Yes. And I was computer science. And the computer science program at my school at the time was straight terrible. And I hated those people with a fiery passion. And then I got the plague and missed the test. And they were like, well, I guess it's a zero. I'm like, I had the plague. Will you go to doctor's note? No, I had the plague. I didn't go to the doctor. I was dying. And I think it was some sort of horrible food poisoning. I don't know. I could tell you stories, but I won't. And, uh, but that might be funny. No, no, no. It's terrible. It, it, oh. it, it goes it goes right past funny and waving. But uh, right into a town story. Ooh. <laughs> I don't know if it's quite that weird. <laughs> <laughs> but we, uh, yeah. So I looked at my options. I was like, well, I could go to computer science at a different school, uh, or I could change my major completely and lose my scholarship, or I could go to physics. And I love. I've always loved physics. Just I'm such a dork. And so I said, well, I'll give that a try. And the physics department was great. It was very small. There weren't very many of us. So we were all friends, you know. And I just went with it and got my degree in physics. I'm like, yay! Now what? And you know what a degree in physics gets you? I don't know. Tell me. Not a damn thing. There's, uh, There's, oh, well, you need more school. Or there's, oh, well, you're overqualified. Just because it's physics, oh god, he must be some sort of wizard. And, <laughs> and that's what I get. I'm like, no, come back, hire me. <sighs> so yeah. So like, what are you applying for? Oh, at, the, at this point, whatever will pay. <laughs> but you do, but you do work for CardShark. Uh, yeah, and they're actually sponsoring the website now, so that's a little bit more money every month. And how did how did they get how did you come up with the website and why why did you come up with the website? Well, my former roommate and bestest bud, we've been friends since elementary school, uh, was living with me for a while, and then he got the apartment directly next door. Like if I stand up and walk over there and knock, that's knocking on his bedroom. And uh, he said a little while ago, because before I got laid off, work was miserably busy. Oh, God, going to die. And he's like, hey, uh, I got, I can get you free hosting and a, a free domain. You want a website? And I'm like, no, I don't have time. I don't have time. And then I got laid off, and now I have nothing but time. And I said, hey, you remember you mentioned something about a website? He's like, yeah. I'm like, is that still up? He's like, yeah. And there you go. We... He downloaded some WordPress and set to work on it and made it completely awesome. What was and, the yeah. yeah? And then you just it's it's basically it's where you can get the shows at. It's a little bit of everything. You guys make comments, different things like that on there. I, how how are people then responding to that? Uh, the our traffic seems pretty good. And for a website that, you know, just started in as, ni- as niche as we are here, but we, uh, response has been pretty good. Like, the stuff we have up, we've got the podcast, obviously, we've got a Planeswalker advice column, uh, we've got, a Magic Horoscopes, which I'm looking to expand on soon. We've got Magic Mad Libs that we do on the show all the time. Scott, uh, that's my webmaster and best buddy. Uh, managed to work out a way to code it in such a way that the Mad Libs are functional. So ah. if you remember Mad Libs from back in the day, you know? Yes, I love Mad Libs. Give me a verb, okay? <laughs> but, <laughs> well, you can do that on our Mad Libs with, you know, card types and phases of the turn and creatures and this and that and the other. And it'll then, you hit submit and it will give you a story inserting the cards that you put in. And it's, it's a lot of fun. And we encourage people to give us the funny bits from their posts or from their Mad Libs and post them in the comments. And some of these are pretty good. I kind of like the ones that you do with, you know, just where it's like, and I need a instant. And I need well, this. These are actually ones that we've done on the show before that I'm putting on the site. The, the funny thing about the show is, at least it's been to me, is the fact that there's no, when shows go really long, there seems to be like a point of awkwardness 
where you're kind of lost for things to say. And yet, the perfect example is the last episode I listened to. It's like, wow, we haven't even gotten into this card and these cards and that cards. And I guess we'll just <laughs> save it for next time. And that was like two and a half hours into the show. Yeah, well, that that episode, to be to be fair to us, we there was so much going on besides the the uh, talking about the previews. Which crap, we didn't get into with Staborski either. Whoops. <laughs> oh well. You know, a guy who gets a card from Wizards to preview. I know, right? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> He's actually one of the few privileged ones that actually get a card. And, After and, a while, we started actually bothering Wizards about it, and now we get the care package, you know, like Monday Night Magic does. Yes. That we, we give away whatever's in it to our listeners. We had a big contest a while back. Um, yes, and yeah. I didn't win. Ooh. You you did not. No, I'm very sorry about that. But if you had one, people would be yelling fix, and they'd be right because you gave me ten bucks and said, "Hey, here's how I win," and you're right. That's how you win. Ten bucks. <laughs> I have ten bucks to give you. Wow, that's amazing. I see why you didn't win now, didn't you? <laughs> you obviously think I get paid to do this, don't you? How sad. <laughs> the shame. Oh my gosh. But I uh, actually, I'm in. Uh, email contact with the Wizards PR people trying to get some sort of foot in the door to get a, uh, a preview card. For the next set. Some sort. For the next set. Or f- I'm actually trying to get a preview card for Commander, but I haven't heard anything back from them yet. Not even a no thank you. That's a little weird. Usually they email me back the same day. Well, they made drastic changes over there. As far I can as imagine, yeah. Their PR <laughs> and things like that. No, this is even before the leak. This is even before the leak. I'm I don't know what's going to happen after this. I That whole God book thing, man. Oh, what a mess. What a mess. Now, what you said you don't have any plans for anything. Why? Especially now. <laughs> how can you not have plans for anything? Don't you want to do something? Are you, are you trying to lead me into... To, uh to something here because you're doing a good job. I'm trying to. I, I I have recently realized that I really want to be in the booth. <laughs> in oh yes, that's right. That's yeah, right. that is that is a new goal. I want a preview card and I want to be in the booth. And uh, after listening to Joey and Big Head Joe and Evan Irwin's uh, Men of Magic interviews, <laughs> yes. I realized I could do that and be damn good at it, as long as you pair me with someone that you know knows the format. Because I, uh, much like my co-host Brian, can talk for a very long time about whatever you put in front of me and not notice that hours and hours and hours have passed. And be entertaining while I'm at it. That's the key. Well, I have a suggestion. Although accomplishing the goal may be a little difficult. The, That's the point of the goal, though. I know, I know. The MTG cast that they're doing, that's unfortunately done out of Denver, uh, they need assistance in the booth, let's say. Because Jin, he's good. He has no problem. But you need a good number two in the booth, or a good lead person, one or the other. And we have brought it up on our show, that they should possibly reach out to the podcasters that are out there that actually do this and think about maybe bringing some of them in to do it to help make the podcasting better. We instantly thought of Marshall and Ryan from Limited Resources. And like I said, even you and Brian would be a lot of fun in the booth because of what you guys know and how much fun, how, how well you know each other. I think that's a distinct advantage right there. I think it is because I'll admit I've only watched some of uh, the, the, the SCG Live uh, very few times because I am v- horrible with uh, – I have no concept of the passage of time, as I say a lot on the show, because I really don't. And uh, I always forget that it's on, but uh, I saw the finals – uh, while I was in D.C. visiting some friends, both of my friends went to work, left me at home with the dog and with the computer. 
and I saw the finals in standard of the SCG Open in Charlotte, and it was uh, I think it was Gerard Fabiano and Jake Van Lunen. Yes. And those guys know their stuff; they really do. But they don't have that that punch, that pizzazz, you know. Really, uh, although, like I said, I didn't watch much, and what I did watch, I think, was the very first thing they showed. So these guys were probably still half asleep after podcasting for. Or, or doing the announcing for freaking you know twelve or fourteen hours before the uh, the day before, but I'm pretty sure I could do it. I could pull it off and be entertaining about it. Well, the one thing that we got from that personally was is that as much as uh, Gerard was leading the conversation, he's the one that should be in the the color booth instead of the lead. And let him just go off on angles. And just have someone lead him. That's what he really needs. He needs someone to lead him with the line and then let him go run with it. And nice. he would be awesome. That would be on awesome. I think some of the innovation they've done on there has been good. But there is room. There's room for other people in there. Now, the only step is now that you've done all this stuff, now you need to get your foot in the door at SCG. Uh huh. See? See? I've actually been bugging Evan Irwin the last uh, couple days about it. He gave me some uh, he gave me some pointers. There they you were go. pretty they were pretty uh, you know quit bothering me kid generic you know keep writing keep talking get your name out there I'm like yeah okay I'm, he's like get in front of a camera I'm like doing stand up I can handle in front of a camera no problem you know. <laughs> well, that's what you need to do is if you submit some of those in, I mean that can't hurt. That can only really help your position when it comes to that. It's true. And, and like I said, they are looking to, I mean, they're doing massive changes on what's going on there because even for them, it's it's a new kind of toy for them to figure out what they're going to do with it. And it'll constantly change, which means there could be opportunity, which is something I would enjoy seeing because one of the things that you provide is a great sense of humor which shows in what you do for for fun. What else do you do? You said you, you have all this time off and you lose track of time. Like, what is an average day for you? Uh, let's see. I wake up. I call the, the damn temp agency because I have to keep calling them or else they'll, uh, they'll attempt to cut off my unemployment. Yes. <laughs> Although they don't ever call me, so... Huh. But I, I do that, and then I... Go to my computer, check in emails and tweets and all that good stuff that I sent off the previous day. Bother any listeners that are online. Poke at whoever else happens to be online about sort of this sort of thing. Uh, either put together a show or like work on the the card image pop-ups and linking the card shark and whatnot for any whatever that needs to go up. Or I work on coding a uh, a Mad Lib. Yeah, I spend a good chunk of the day sitting at my computer working on stuff for the site. And if I'm sitting here, I have Twitter open and my email open at all times. Which means that's probably why you don't want to do anything or watch any more stuff. Because if you spend all day staring at a computer, it's very hard to want to devote more time to looking at a computer or watching someone else do something. That could also be part of it. But re- the reason that I don't pay much attention to the, the real reason I don't pay much attention to the uh, SCGs o- uh, live and all that is I unless I have a real reason to I don't pay much attention to standard like I keep track of what's big for some reason I don't know why or how but I manage to keep track of what's big and what's going on and what people are playing but once you get past that I sort of fade off. Well, then how do you put a show together? What do you mean, the, the mana pool? Yeah. Well, that has nothing to do with Well, anything. still, <laughs> you, you still have to have ideas for the show. Oh, yeah. Well, usually, since, since uh, I'm going to be honest, since I'm the one that does uh, basically all of the work, uh, usually the guys are the ones who come up with the actual content. Brian is, is always kicking around ideas. Every once in a while, Mike will throw out an idea. And Dirk, as quiet as he is, when he throws out an idea, we're all like, huh, that's brilliant. <laughs> now, what is it about Dirk? He he just seems to have that perfect 
it's odd because, like you said, he doesn't talk a lot, but when he does, it always seems to be the right thing at the right time. Yeah, it's if if the amount of actual wisdom coming out of our mouths uh, uh, is the same for all of us, then that means most of what Brian says is crap. <laughs> because he just has an unending stream of talking and you know there's good stuff peppered in there and it's the same for me a good half of what Mike says is, is good stuff and then everything Dirk says is just genius you know because if the amount of real goodness that we all say is equal then, then Dirk's percentage is way higher than the rest of us <laughs> now what is the, now you guys play a lot of uh, Commander Oh, not a lot, but yeah. What is the preferred style you guys like to play? Outside of the ones that we listen to on the show. Oh, well, that's usually what we play, is what you guys hear on the show. Oh, really? Yeah, we... Since Commander is so big and varied and, you know, the 100-card singleton and all that, we like to play that on the air because more ridiculous stuff is going to happen. But like the last time we did a live episode, we played, I think, three games of 60-card multiplayer because really we missed we missed playing with our decks on the air. You know? <laughs> I can only play with my uh, one of my decks for so long before I start to – or one of my, my three – well, I guess I have four ADH decks for so long before I start to miss my massive amount of 60-card decks. Now, how many decks do you currently have? Oh, Lord, there's no telling. Uh Let's see, when I packed up a few to go to D.C. to meet uh, a couple of our listeners in person, I took 5, 10, 11 60-card decks and two EDH decks. And do you constantly, do you tinker with those decks, or do you just kind of build them and keep them and go from there? My favorite ones I tend to tinker with. Like, I I got a, what's the new, from New Phyrexia... You get a 3-3 beast for each creature that went to your graveyard this turn. Oh, yeah. Um, um, that one. Yeah. It's sitting in a pile in my living room, but that doesn't really help at the moment. But, yeah, that one. The green card. I just traded for one of those from Mike for my beast deck because the beast deck has the ravenous Baloth, so I can sacrifice all my beast tokens and then play this to get all my beast tokens back. <laughs> how? How has I, a friend, my friend had, had a beast deck, and he always complained that it never worked. How did you manage to get your beast deck to work? It always uh, seems like he says it's too slow. Yeah, really, it, uh, it's one of my pet decks that I always screw with, and I don't know. I don't know if it really works, but the way we play, you know, we're not we're not cutthroat in any way. We're we're trying to all have fun and not just. Quick, kill him quickly! Hurry up! He stumbled on mana. Kill him! Kill him! Kill him! And now you can sit there for forty-five minutes while we'll leave the game. So if someone, you know, is stumbling a little bit, then we tend to leave them alone rather than going for the throat. But I don't know. Like I said a lot years of twink, twink, twinking. Uh, wow, that sounds bad. Years of tweaking uh, with it. Like I just recently made some changes in an attempt to speed it up. Now, now the only thing is, is with multiple decks, and this is the problem I have with multiple decks, is the fact that you don't want reoccurring themes. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes they seem to kind of cross each other in the path. Yeah, yeah. Back when I was writing for Card Shark uh, several years ago, I actually wrote an article about how I took three of my black decks, my mono black decks that were all very similar, and took them all completely apart, and then recombined them into two much better decks that weren't so similar. You also did the 60-card challenge. How difficult is it to get cards down to 60? That was a stumbling block for you. How do you make those last cuts? Uh, usually by calling Mike and going, help, or by thudding my head into the wall a few times. Uh, <laughs> I had a problem with all of my, my casual decks ended up being you know, 62, 64, I even had one that was 65, and I'm like, how did this happen? Uh, and, and I made a concerted effort to knock them all down to an even 60 because, you know, in the end, it's actually better for the for the deck than throwing in a couple extra cards. And uh, I decided to, to 
track that along with any changes I made to the deck to make it work better and whatnot, all the cards I cut out and all that uh, on paper so that I can then write articles about them later, which is the 60-card challenge, which is available on themanapool.com. Yay. Plug. But uh, it was it was brutal, and it took me a very long time, and this was back before I was unemployed, so I was working when I was doing this. I would come home and plug in a DVD that I'd seen a million times. You know, nothing better than plugging in Fletch. With Chevy Chase, while you try to do something that gets you in the right mindset to make the hard decisions. I was going to say exactly how <laughs> is that making you focus? Uh, comedy actually does make me focus, as weird as that sounds. So when uh, his wife's lawyer says you might have to have your wages garnished, I'm like, ah, I'll cut this. You know? <laughs> interesting deck building technique. I'll tell you that for sure. Hey, you got to do what works for you. <laughs> I know, absolutely. That's one of the challenges I have is to get my decks down to a decent number. It drives me crazy. So, what has been your favorite block to play with? Hmm, Ravnica was brilliant. Like, I started playing again in onslaught block. I played back in the day in high school or middle school or whenever that was around Ice Age Homelands. Uh, Mirage Visions, all the way up until I think I bought like two packs of Weatherlight. And then I stopped because everyone else stopped, you know. So I stopped right as the storyline was taking off that would go for a hundred years. And then I picked up, <laughs> again in college, uh, Onslaught was the first new set that released after we all started playing together. And, uh, Onslaught was great because Tribal is a really great way to get back into a game because Tribal decks are easy to build. They might not be easy to optimize, but they're easy to build. You have to get a bunch of creatures and throw them together, throw some stuff that works well with those creatures. Oh, damn, this is great. And uh, then Mirrodin happened, and let's not talk about that. And then Kamigawa happened, which was better than Mirrodin because we were all sick of Affinity, but then no, it really wasn't. And then Ravnica was this amazing breath of fresh air of look at all these colors because I missed Invasion Block, and I get the feeling I wouldn't have liked it anyway. But <laughs> no, you didn't miss anything. That's See, sure. But Ravnica had all these these great cycles running through, and the guilds, and the structure, and all the multicolor and hybrid. Oh my god! And and it was it was probably the best time as far as deck building for all of us uh, playing, you know, in my group. And then I really enjoyed times too. You did. Oh yeah, a suspend was a, was an amazing thing. Like shopping at Sky Mall, amazing thing, amazing thing, amazing thing. Um, also enjoyed uh, Shard's block, but we didn't get to play terribly much with it, you know, as much as we did in college, of course. Growing up sucks. Let me just tell you. Why is that? Because I used to be able to, you know, sleep late and screw around, and we could play Magic all hours of the night. It was great. Now I got bills and stuff. Uh. Bills? Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Do you... What is what is the goal for the map? Is there, like, a long-term vision for it? I want... I don't know. For a while there, I had these weird aspirations of being the voice of the casual player, but the casual player has no voice because there's a billion of us, and we all do it differently. <laughs> so that's not going to work. I just – I don't know. I want people to come to the site and enjoy it. You know, I wouldn't mind a random mention here and there on some of the big sites to get us some more readers, but that's really all. I want to – I mean, of course, I'd like enough traffic to where we can get more sponsors to where I don't have to work anymore, but that's never going to happen. So <laughs> That I can agree with. I, I'm good for that. I'm, I'm actually, you know, I'm actually good for the I don't have to work anymore for getting paid for doing this. That would be fun. Oh, that would be great. I could, you know, give a third to my webmaster and turn some into free stuff for the listeners and all right, <laughs> put the rest in my pocket and pay the bills and stuff. But that's that's never going to happen. That's that's ridiculous. But I don't know. I just want more people to to enjoy magic, as, as cheesy as that sounds. And lots of people get caught up in the I don't know the spike mindset. You know, gotta win, gotta test, gotta win, gotta test. You having fun? Doesn't matter. Gotta win. Damn. What about now? Do you go to releases or pre-releases? Uh, whenever possible, yeah. Okay. Did you go to the one last weekend? 
Uh, for a very short period of time, I did. I had family obligations, so I only got to play in two rounds. But uh, yeah, we we make it a point to go to pre-releases, and sometimes we go to launches, just depending on what's going on. What was your initial impression of the new set? Yeah. Oh, it was vaguely ridiculous. <laughs> like, what did you end up? What did you end up going into? Uh, I had uh, red white because I opened. Good lord, I opened the sickest uh, rares ever. I, my first pack was a cough of the hammer. Oh. My second pack was a Vincer the Sojourner. And uh, I opened an Urbrask the Hidden. Uh, you should have got up and left. <laughs> it said, I win! Well, I mean, I played two rounds and then I left and said I win, so you know. Did you did you notice anything about the set when you were playing against people? Anything uh, caught your eye outside of the fact of your great cards? I had virtually very few actual artifacts in my deck, and most of the guys I played against had just a stupid number of artifacts. Just, just ridiculous. I was like, huh. I thought that was a little weird that I wasn't playing very many, but I didn't have very many good ones in my pools. Maybe that's why. Now, do you guys prefer... Now, you guys do the four-player thing or the five-player thing. What is... What makes standard... Do you want to play head-to-head standard, or do you prefer to play the team thing? Uh, we are... My, me, personally, I love the big chaos multiplayer games where, you know, every man for himself and this and that and the other. Uh... I mean, if I had the interest in testing and acquiring cards and, and all of that, I would probably play standard and love it. Half the time when Mike goes to the Friday Night Magic at a card shop down the street from me here, I go with him, not to play, but just to hang out and watch how he's doing and shoot the breeze and torment the shop owner, you know, that sort of thing. You going to buy something? <laughs> no, but... <laughs> <laughs> but it always looks like he it's a lot of fun, but I... Like I said, if I had an unlimited budget and unlimited time, which it, it seems like it's either one or the other, uh, I would probably enjoy it. But I just, I just don't have the interest. Has he in talked the, about giving you a deck to play? Actually, I have the deck that he just finished building sitting in my uh, my living room now because he's like, "Oh, I'm going out of town this Friday. I'm not going to get to play it." I was like, "I'll play it," and then we realized earlier tonight, "Whoops, uh, New Phyrexia is going to be legal, so this deck is really dumb." Well, piss, and it doesn't look like I'm going to get to go this Friday, anyways. So it doesn't matter. But what what is his deck building style? In first, uh, he likes to build whatever he wants to build, rather than whatever is well, rather than whatever's good, which sounds really bad. But he'll be the first person to tell you that. <laughs> so what you're trying to say is he's not playing four Jaces and four Squadron Hawks. No, no. The last deck that he played actually was playing four Abyssal Persecutors and three Sarkon the Mad. Is that what? Yeah. How did, how did he get that to work? Well, he... Not very well, but... <laughs> but he enjoyed it all the same, you know. Interesting. Fascinating. So what else can you tell us about yourself that we didn't know outside of your... outside of our uh, admiration of Claire? Oh, everybody knows that. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm. I don't know. I'm excessively friendly. Yes. People that, uh, people that I've worked with, I've been described as a human cartoon, which I took as the the utmost uh, uh, compliment. Apparently, they didn't mean it as a compliment, but I took it as a compliment. I think that the the Looney Tunes were. Serious works of art that, that people don't appreciate as much as they should. Uh, Mike and I agree that Hank Hill is one of the great characters in American literature. <laughs> That's the guy, the, the main character from King of the Hill, yes. in case anyone missed no, that. No, 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 no. Sorry. <laughs> that, that was else, funny. What else do you enjoy? What do you enjoy watching? Do you watch much TV? I don't watch – I watch very little TV, but I do have the Netflix Instant Queue, which if I'm not sitting at my computer 
talking to people and working on random nonsense for the site than I'm sitting in front of the Xbox watching something on Netflix. Is there anything... Is there, do you watch just strictly movies? Do you watch shows? Oh, good lord, anything that catches my eye. I'm working my way. I'm, I'm on the final season of King of the Hill. Oh, my God. I can't wait to get that off of my queue. Uh, I watch documentaries about anything that might be interesting. I watch uh, uh, movies that I either wanted to see or haven't seen. I watch stand-up comedy. I, I love, like I said before, stand-up comedy. So any good comics I find on there, I'll be oh, and that to make you, oh my god, I found Bill Hicks has like a, a, a few things on the instant queue, and that made me so happy. What, what else? Random cartoons, Marvel and DC comics. Uh, you know they put out the the cartoon features, the animated DVDs and whatnot. Oh god, I lap those up. <laughs> they had lots of interesting things. I. Uh... My my kids tend to flip the channel on occasion when I'm not paying attention to the remote, and then they'll go by Boomerang, which is like all the old cartoons, and, and it's so funny to watch them stare at a Bugs Bunny cartoon and have them sit there and go, "Dad, that's really violent," and I'm like, "Yeah," and I grew up on that. Which point you don't see me out there whacking people in the heads with anvils and things like that. But the dad, cartoons aren't like that nowadays. But, and that's a shame. Yes. <laughs> he said, I'm sorry, you don't appreciate the coyote and the roadrunner as much as I do, and you much prefer to watch Dora. So, you know. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, I'm better. Sorry. Oh, come on now. Those, that's some of the joy of children. Yeah, I'm, I'm currently not a child. <laughs> <laughs> You're missing out on all the fun, let me tell you. Uh, you know, anytime I want kids, my cousin, uh, the boy, just had, uh, well, just had, her, she's going to be one in a few weeks. Jesus, I'm old. And he's got another one who's in second grade. I think she just turned eight. So I can go play with them. And Dirk and Brian both just had kids. So one's two months and one is seven or so, I think. So I, I think I've got the kids covered if I ever want to play with one. <laughs> <laughs> kids are great. You, if you're uh, visiting them, you can get them all riled up and then give them back to the parents. He goes, I can't wait for Samantha to get old enough. That's Brian's daughter. So I can go do that and be like, you know, it's like shaking up a soda and handing it to someone and running. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do that with Sam, except for the shaking part. No, no shaking the baby. No, 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 no. Just <laughs> riled up, riled up. Get them ready to go. Well, we're right about that point again. It's about an hour in. And is there anything else you want to promote for the site or the show or anything like that? Uh, com is where you can find all of our nonsense. Please go there and tell us what you think. If you're looking for something serious, by all means, go somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> Except for the 60-card challenges. I, I actually try to, to keep those fairly serious and teach people something, some sort of lesson that I learned from doing this, usually it turns out to be that cute little thing you put in the deck, take that out, because it's dumb. <laughs> That's kind of my problem right now, as I, I have the same problem as you. Oh, I can get this in. Oh, wait, that just took my curve way in the wrong direction. No thanks. Yeah. But, uh, and our sponsor has been Cardshark.com since we got started. I've actually been working for them for Longer than that, they're a sponsor of the site now, so you should go there if you want to buy cards. On the card shark, the individual sellers actually buy uh, sell the cards rather than the site itself, so the competition between sellers tends to drive prices down. So that helps a lot. You're not, doing, you're not doing as many of those promos as you used to for them. That's because we run out of time. Actually, we forgot to do the the member promotions this month. Every month, uh, members can set up you know free giveaways and whatnot. Or if you spend this much money, I'll give you this or whatever. Yeah. And yeah, we've we. I have no concept of the passage of time, so it's a new month. Oh look, uh, whoops. <laughs> I was like the, and when you purchase three hundred dollars of the cards, I will send you a rare, a mythic rare, and some fight and some card sleeves and a pack of sleeves yeah. and a pack of sleeves. <laughs> Like, okay, thanks. Appreciate that. I think. I always love it when it's a random rare. You know, that, that's kind of funny. 
lots of people do that and have been for a long time. And I'll get those cards and I'll be like, hey, look at that. And it'll go in my binder and every once in a while I'll pull one out and be like, holy crap, I can use this. So do you trade at all? Uh, yeah, if the opportunity arises. Do you trade a, for profit or do you just trade to trade? Nah, I just trade to trade. Okay. I did a massive, like, 20 some odd card maybe trade with uh, Ben, the listener that I went one of the listeners I went to DC to meet, uh, because he's like, I want some stuff for my decks. And I'm like, okay, I'll take some stuff for my decks if you've got it. And it was, it was great. Well, on that note, I appreciate your time tonight. And we will probably have this out probably by Thursday. If everything works right. And, you know, Again, now I appreciate the work you do because of the fact it's it's difficult to keep a show going. It's difficult keeping a show either relevant or funny. And sometimes you can do both, <laughs> and which is really good because a lot of times what you'll get is they'll have great content in the beginning, and then they'll just run out of great ideas. And they'll it, it really it really hurts to see the the sheer number of shows that have come and gone on MTG Cast over the years. Because some of them were really good. Like, MTG Radio, God, I love those guys. They're the reason that we play Commander. Is <laughs> because I listen to so much of them. I'm like, guys, we got to get in on this. Well, and even they said they busted up now. And I guess the one guy is starting his own cast eventually. Yeah, is Covenant of Minds, I think? Yeah. Is that the one that Trevor's on? I think so. I'll be honest, because I don't listen to the podcast anymore, I haven't listened to it yet, but I haven't deleted it straight off of my MTGcast feed yet, which means I plan on listening to it at some point. Some point, when, when you when you remember to listen to it. But yeah. But it, it really bugs me, like I said, all the shows that keep showing up, and they're like, hey, here we are, and then they're gone again. MTG Explosion. Oh my god, that was great. What did he do, three episodes? Yeah, it is weird. It is weird to see the inconsistency of the shows. You know, you'd like to think that some of the shows would just, you know, keep pumping out shows, but I don't know. It it proves why shows like yours and shows like Monday Night Magic and stuff like that that last for 80, 90, 100, 200 and some odd episodes. And it's got to be, I don't know what it is personally, but I know we... Like, we had some, some drama early on with uh, Squanto, who was one of our early co-hosts. And I always knew that Squanto wasn't in for the long haul, because he has a short attention span for anything. <laughs> for anything. How do you play Magic, then, if he has a short attention span? Uh, he doesn't anymore. Oh, okay. I was going to say. Yeah, he, he, uh, he was in it, and he was like, ha! And then a guy at a comic shop was like, hey, are you new? He's like, yeah. He's like, here, have this massive shoebox full of cards. And it was like all this guy's commons and uncommons with a couple of rares that he missed, like a foil troll ascetic. <laughs> and uh, Squanto was like, cool. And he set about to building decks, and we started doing the show, and he was our, our resident noob. You know, he would throw out newbie questions, and we'd answer it, and he would come up with newbie topics, and we're like, yeah, that's great. And then eventually his interest waned, and, and he just left the show, you know. And we were like, well, okay. But we, we kept going. And I know sometimes, at least back in the past, I would get frustrated at oh my god, I'm doing all the work, you guys show up, record, you go to bed, and I've got to do everything else, and, I, and, and and you guys are killing me, why don't you pitch in a little bit? But that that faded. Now I'm happy to do most of the work. If I really need Mike to, he'll uh, do the editing for an episode and inserting music and all that, and that's not a big deal, but I don't know. We're all such good friends, for us anyway, that that's, it's easy. We just, alright, when are we recording? Tuesday or Thursday? Alright. Uh, what are we doing? Great. And I, I've, I've come not to expect things I can't get. Like, when I send out an email on, like, a Sunday night that says, okay, what are we doing this week? What day are we recording? I don't expect to get an answer from all three of them. <laughs> and if I do get an answer from all three of them, I don't expect all three of them to answer both halves of that question. <laughs> Brian will be like, uh, let's do this. And Dirk will be like, Tuesday's good. And Mike will just send me an IM. Yes, okay, let's do that. And I'm like, Whoa. Can someone answer the question, please? Yeah, but, I mean, that's just who they are. And I have come to learn over the years that if they don't answer one, that means they don't care. <laughs> They'll just show up anyways. Exactly, yeah. 
And, uh, you know, with babies and whatnot, we have people that miss weeks, and that's no big deal. You know, life happens. Sometimes we just have to not record, and oh well. I hate to do that, but if you can't record, you can't record. No sense stressing about it. That's when you pull in the special guests. Which we've done that before, too. Yeah. (laughs) So we don't have Dirk. Uh, Hey, Eric, are you busy? (laughs) You know, that sort of thing. Well... That's the one thing that makes the show fun, is the fact that it just, like I said, it feels like it's the guys just sitting around the table shooting, shooting shit, and just enjoying it. And that's, and if that's what you're trying to accomplish, you're getting that. Because it is something that I enjoy a lot, and I know a lot of people out there do enjoy it, because of the fact it's just, it's different. Well, thank you, sir. We, we, we try. We used to, Actually, I think we used to try. I don't think we try anymore. I think we're just we're just so set in it that this is what we do, and this is how we do it. We all know what the other person's going to say most of the time before they say it. We <laughs> we know who's going to go first, except for when I say. And with me, as always, are some dorks. There's always that silence while everyone's going to. Do I go first? Who's going? Who's going to say yeah. something? And you'd think after this many episodes that they would have figured out an order, <laughs> but no. they haven't. No. It's great. Brian's like, should I go? Yes, you should go. You always go first. <laughs> I'm Brian, lead rambler. <laughs> yeah, and we we just, I think that that and my, I'm not even going to be modest about this. I'm the driving force behind the show. I'm the one who's like, when are we recording? Hey, what are we doing? What, what's going on? Hey, pay attention. And, and, uh. Admittedly, sometimes I, I slack in that, and the others the others pick it up. Thank goodness, or else the show would have died a long time ago. But <laughs> I think that's something that, that newer shows don't get: is that they think, "Hey, we'll do a podcast; it'll be fun." No, it's not fun; it's work. But it's fun too, you know. But they just see the fun and they hate the work, and then the work becomes too much, and they all oh, screw it and they give up. And uh, and that's too bad; it really is. That I can agree with you. But it's it's the work is well worth it. I have met. I got to drive to D.C., crash with two uh, two friends of mine. I got to crash with the girls and go meet Ben, who has been this person on the other end of the computer for years. We have known Ben for literal years now. And then Tosis, who is in Germany most of the time. I got to meet him, too. And how awesome is that? There's a person who told me when they were going to be in D.C. and said, hey, we should get together. And I'm like, yes, yes, we should. I will drive my ass up there to meet you. And you know what? It was worth it. It was great. And if it wasn't for the show, I wouldn't get to meet these people. And I wouldn't get to talk to people like you. Me? And, well, and I do. You're, <laughs> dude, you're awesome. And, uh... And I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to, to hop on Twitter and crack some joke at somebody and have them respond to me. Because they'd be like, who the hell are you? Well, I'm Chewie from the Manipool. Oh, I've heard of you guys. <laughs> Why, thank you. I know you don't listen to us, but at least you've heard of us. That's all I'm going for. <laughs> that I can agree with. That I can definitely agree with. Well, I'm going to have to call it here because it is over an hour and I like to keep it right about an hour. Oh, fair and, enough. And on that note, for the Men of Magic and not the Man Pool this week, I'm That's Robert cool. with Chewy. Yo. And we are out of here. <laughs>